Hey there, I'm Sarah Zarella, a portrait and wedding photographer and your host for Wedding Secrets Unveiled. This is a podcast where we cut through the complexity of wedding planning, leaving you with everything you need to know directly from the industry experts. If you want to simplify your wedding planning while having fun, of course, you came to the right place. Join me while I guide you through your planning, starting from your engagement to your big day when you say, I do. After photographing for over 20 years, I am sharing with you tips and tricks to cut through the excess noise. Because I believe from the moment you said yes, your planning experience should be a magical time in your life. Here you'll find episodes that are fun, stress-free, and straight to the point with a fresh, honest take on the reality of what you really need to know about planning your perfect day. Let's dive in. Welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. So today I have the owner of DEB Creative, David Price, back on. He was just on a previous episode a few weeks back. He has recently joined the team of Exquisite Events, which we will actually have them coming on in a couple of episodes from today. Today, we'll be talking with David about how you can walk into your venue or a unique event space that may not be a traditional venue, but it's where you're getting married, and how you can conceptualize and take it from the bare bones or just the regular ballroom that you see and elevating it to the design space of your dreams. Regardless of your budget, this is the episode for you. We give you tips and tricks and unveil a lot of secrets about what to do with your blank canvas to create the design space of your dreams. If you haven't tuned in to David's first episode with us, definitely do so. He is a wealth of knowledge. So even if you are not thinking about design for your wedding just yet, this is definitely an episode for you. He has so many interesting points to share with you. Well, welcome back to Wedding Secrets Unveiled podcast, friends. I am your host, Sarah Zarella, and welcome back, David. Thank you. I am so happy to have you sitting in front of me again. You were on one of our previous episodes, and we said on that day that you will come back and share some more knowledge with our listeners. And here we are. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) What I was thinking that we would talk about today for our listeners was a little bit about what does one do, right? You get engaged, you're ready to plan your wedding, but what does one do or understand about how to take their space or their venue and make it customized to themselves and you know look beautiful the way you see images or the way you go to your friends' weddings or events? So I was hoping, David, that you can help our listeners be an educated consumer and understand what they can do to a space or how do they even begin to do that. And also too, obviously for the people who do hire professionals like yourself, understanding what you're going to do with them. I I think they start out with, you have have to think about what type of wedding you wanna have. Is it a formal, is it casual? Is it just a fun party? Is it, you know, all the ceremony to it as in first dance, cake cutting, all that stuff. You gotta gotta figure out the your style. Um and then then if it's you're not a wedding venue style, you're not a rose cliff bride, you're not a ocean cliff bride, you want something really unique. There's so many venues out there if you're creative enough that is a blank slate that you can really 
hire people to help you decorate, or you could help do it yourself on like the VFWs, like um, a barn. Uh, barns are, are really hot right now, so that's a, a lot of places have barns, um, but a gymnasium. Um, and so there's lots of things that think outside the box. And sometimes when you think outside the box, your cost is less for the venue, but don't think about all the decor you have to put in to make it a usable spot. I think you just nailed it on the head. I mean, obviously, there's two paths that someone can take, right? They can go to the AKA wedding venues, right? And here locally, we have those beautiful mansions in Newport. We have country clubs. I mean, you name it, no matter where you're at. I'm sure anybody who's listening can kind of run off the, the typical venues, right? So you have that. But then you also have the out-of-the-box scenarios where it could be a personal residence, right? It could be a rented Airbnb that's been popping up a lot, at least in this area. I have a lot of couples that are having a nice, small, intimate wedding and an Airbnb that they've rented. But now they have to transfer transfer the space into something unique to themselves. Like you talked about the uh, firemen's halls or actually, funny enough, for me, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, I, I actually had my, I guess you can call it rehearsal day, right? The day before I got married, we invited everybody that we invited to our wedding to a clam bake. And it was at the firemen's hall locally where I, was, I live. And the reason why we ended up there was because... It was the only place that was going to allow us to dig like the pit for the clam bake in the actual ground. Other venues, when we, we called them, they said, absolutely not. You cannot dig a hole and do a clam bake. So we ended up at the fireman's hall that had a beautiful view over the water, the best view in at least my town, and had the lawn that I could dig the hole. But it was a fireman's hall. It's not the most ideal looking location. But I knew what I could do with that. So someone who's listening right now, like you said, start thinking about outside-the-box places because that's the other path you could go. You could start picking places that are not cookie-cutter, not that there's anything wrong with that, but doesn't have the actual event space. Or for our listeners, and David knows this already, we have our own Dan Phillips, who's getting married this year, and he has picked a gymnasium to get married in. So that's going to be a very unique space that we could talk about too. It's basically just thinking what can you where else can you go but like you said you can save on those venues but then you're actually putting money into decor so for me speaking of personal experience i rented the fireman's hall for how much do you think i rented it for just take a guess 150 <laughs> plus a cleaning fee of 200 probably oh all right close 99 dollars. Yeah. <laughs> and you had to use their bar correct so you're right it was about 150 because it was 50 dollars for the bar like minus whatever they we serve for alcohol, but $50 for have someone there to serve alcohol. I was like, wow, this is a steal, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we're, so let's take this. Like, let's, ta- let's start with, you know, taking our listeners now through the process. So like you said, you have to figure out what you want to do first, what type of event you want. Yes, and especially if you go to a venue that is not a wedding venue, you have to be really willing to educate the hall the people who run the gymnasium um, because they don't do that all the time. Um, I did a wedding at a VFW and I said, I'm bringing in tables. Why? We have eight foot banquet tables here. Why do you need tables? Well, I wanted round tables because I want to put nice linens on it. So they had, you have to really be careful not to insult them, 
but you have to really educate them along the line, along the design path to soften the blows. As in, my my VFW hall looks perfectly fine. Yes, for bingo game. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But not for a wedding. Right, and also too. When you are thinking outside the box to different locations, see what they have on site too, what you can work with. Like you just mentioned, you said that the the VSW that you were working with, they had the um, banquet tables, which for our listeners who don't know, those are the long rectangular tables and you wanted to bring round. Um, where the fireman's hall that I was at, they had the round tables. So, and they had these ugly chairs. So there was that too. <laughs> exactly, but at a, a True clan bake can call for that. Bingo. Yeah, I had a bingo sign. <laughs> and Fair. so, so you know that, that. But you have to, and also you have to realize how long of time are they going to give you for setup, for to, to transform that space. You know, can you get in the day before, or do you have to come in on Saturday morning? I know the VFW, we had to go in Saturday morning because they had their weekly fish fry on Friday night, and we couldn't get in there. But it's also, it was catered by one of the best caterers companies in Rhode Island at that point. Right. So, you know, it doesn't have to be down and dirty. It can also be an elevated event, but at a unique space. It's so funny you say that. Not that I want to keep talking about my personal experience, but that's where one grabs from, right? It's when I was telling people that you're going to go to the fireman's hall. Yeah, I just, of course, people just looked at me and smiled and nod, but you could tell that there was like, like, what? Like, they just didn't understand. But you know what? I had the best clam bake company ever. Well, not ever, but in, in this area come in. So everybody was fed very well. They had a beautiful view. And um, I transformed that. I, 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 I like to think we did it very well, you know. But like you said, um, it's just thinking a little bit outside the box, but understanding what you have for time for setup. Like, for example, people with tents, sometimes those, well, we, most tents would have to be set up a few days prior. So you do have access to that space. Uh, some of the halls, like you said, you have to come in that day. So that does limit your possibility of what you can do as far as decor goes. Or, for example, Dan, who's getting married at a gymnasium. Yes, I know all those listeners are thinking, Fireman's Hall and Gymnasium, what is going on with these two wedding professionals? Uh, he can get in easily a day before. And I know he wants to start doing some pipe and draping in the gymnasium so they can start that installation days before his wedding. Exactly. And it depends on if you're doing it yourself or you're hiring a company. Um, that's things that they need to do, and especially a site inspection. If you want to do draping in the, at the gymnasium, you, whoever's going to do the draping needs to come in and see the hanging points, see if they can do the tension wire, see how they can drape it to give you the best um, look that you possibly need, what style you're looking for. You know, those companies can come in and completely take that ceiling of that gymnasium and put fabric in it. But it's not just limited to fabric. You do Chinese lanterns. You can do small Christmas tree lights. There's a lot of variety of things that you can do in a non-traditional wedding space. And also, too, David, even a traditional wedding space. We, Dan and I just did a wedding back in December, and the mother of the bride actually was in production theater 
So she understands the visuals. Sometimes this is really hard for people who don't have a creative mind to understand what they can do, and sometimes it's not. But she was very opinionated about the space. She wanted to hang stars, like big, large paper stars from the ceiling. And the venue at first was, like you talked about, you have to sometimes see what your limitations are or educate the venue. And the venue at first was like, no, well, why would you want to hang this here? But... but they agreed that she could do it as long as she didn't, didn't have the staff do it. So she went in because, again, you, she only had the rental space for that day. So she had somebody else come in and install the hanging stars for her daughter's cocktail hour. And I was with them getting ready, photographing, and I heard her get the call. And the venue said, can you not have your friend come after tonight and take them down we would like to keep them <laughs> so, <laughs> it was just kind of funny because you know it's, it's it's a little bit what we're talking about it's that sometimes you know you can think outside the box and what you can do there but and what you can do with the space and i ironically dan and i had a wedding the day before at the same location and just to see hanging stars it's just it just it was a that's all just hanging stars and it was like night and day the, the space i think when you start looking at venues you got to keep an open mind i mean i've had a lot of brides saying oh i can't go there because i had my junior prom there well you got to step into it at a different thought process you're not the same age you can change things over i mean the glen manor house is a perfect example that portsmouth people can get a discounted rate there but they've had their junior prom there they've been there multiple times for the town music festival or whatever so when you can't rule things out until you clear your mind saying oh we could change it this way we can enter it through the, the garden through instead of through the main house those ways that you can change venues that are reasonably priced that you have ruled out just because it doesn't quite work with your vision Right. And just like I said, we literally did, ironically, a wedding two days in a row at the same location. And just having these beautiful, large, significantly large, and a lot of them hanging stars was just a completely different look, just different vibe. And, you know, going off of Dan, for example, you know, he's getting married at the gymnasium and Dan and I's local town. We're actually ironically from the same town. But the reason being behind that is you talked about some people don't want to go into the Glen Manor house or into the venue where they had their prom. They're like, oh, I, I just think about my prom. But if you keep an open mind and what you can do with the space, you know, it becomes something different. For him, the reason why he's going there is that space is actually significant because of what has happened prior to his wedding there. It's where his father has worked his whole life. Dan has had all his birthday parties there, all his, event, his events there. So that space is really important to him personally and his family personally. And it's like the same thing for me with the Fireman's Hall. The actual Fireman's Hall itself, I was one of those people that you were talking about where, yes, granted, I didn't have my prom there, but I walked in and said, oh, no, I can't do this because of X, Y, and Z. For me, it was the look of the inside. But it was the only place that I could do a real authentic clam bake. So I had to keep an open mind. Exactly. And I had a bride who wanted to get married at the house and middle of Iowa, not a lot of ground to put um, a tent up, but on three sides of the house was cornfields. I talked to her father and not to plant two acres of, of corn that year two acres of corn, that's that's money down the drain, he kept telling me. So he didn't plant two acres. We planted it with grass, and 
we made a hallway that you had to go through the cornfield to get to the tent. So anything's possible if you start have a big vision and you start planning and you know and begging the father not to plant two acres of corn. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> He must have loved you. You know, obviously a wedding, you see dollar signs, let alone you're taking his income away, David. Okay, so step one, have a vision, figure out what, well, not so much a vision, but have an idea, right? Is it a sit-down dinner? Is it, or do you want to do a clam bake? Or is it, or buffets? Is it a station? Are you just looking for a great party? Or are you into the first dance and the bridesmaid speech and the mother-father's dance, the cutting the cake, all that process. I mean, all that stuff takes space. Um, or if it's just a big party and you just want to have hors d'oeuvres and an open bar and lots of dancing. So you really got to figure out what you want your space to be. Is it the ceremony and the reception and an after party? You know, what is your vision of the day flow will help you also choose your venue. And before we go off at like step two to think about, going back to step one, I just thought of something when you were saying, is it the ceremony? I am talking right now with a couple and um, they are going back and forth to me about what their day is going to look like. They're going to be getting married later this year. It's going to be a weekday. It's going to be a very small, intimate ceremony. Um, And they are looking for a Airbnb to rent for the day that has obviously a nice outdoor backyard because that's where they envision getting married. But they're also looking to make sure that the living room space is pretty too because if it rains, that's going to be their backup. So it's just, you know, it's just interesting that you said think about what your day is. For them, it was the ceremony. That's what's important to them. They're literally just going to have 20 people. They're going to have a ceremony and they're going to bring me in to be their photographer to capture the ceremony and then everybody's just going to have a cocktail and then everybody's going to head home and then we're going to take some pictures of just the two of them it's just going to be a, a, an intimate ceremony but their space that they're looking at is out of the box just trying to think about what can they do with transferring like uh not transferring but you know what i mean like decorating an outdoor space and an indoor space flipping it being able to flip it yes so what's step two now of, of thinking about what to do to a space and how to understand what you can do how many people and what is your budget? Ah, budget. Budgets. That's the <laughs> downside of everything. Um, and how do you want to use your budget? You know, is the space more important? Is the food more important? You don't care about the food or the space. You want this band. You know, a, you want a 12-piece orchestra because you want to dance. Um, you want a rock and roll band. I mean, it really depends on... Are you a foodie? You don't care about dancing. You want a six-course dinner. If you do that, you make sure it's a small group because I've tried that six-course dinner with 150 people and it doesn't go well. It's just because other some people are not foodies. They don't appreciate the whole process. But you you got to feel you have to have a really conversation with your groom, your bride, the parents. What is the final goal of the day, the evening? that you really wanted to achieve. Um, so it really varies. I'm, my nephew, um, she, it took me a long time to talk to her about, she did not want the ceremony at the same place at the reception. Okay. Because she just didn't, she's been to receptions and that 
that the, the dining tables are the same area as the reception, as the ceremony, and they come in and sit at the tables and watch the ceremony from their tables and, instead of going into the chairs. Um, I don't like that if you're not doing a church ceremony just because I like having everything at the same place. Mm-hmm. So I finally talked her into doing a drape between the ceremony and the reception area in the in the barn because that way I could keep people away. And I had the groomsmen stand at that drape to make sure no one crossed the line from the ceremony until we opened the drapes and let people in. And it worked. And she was happy, and then she didn't have to get into her trolley or car to go from one place to another place. And what you just did is you saved her money because she didn't have to get the transportation portion. Exactly. So, I mean, that's, you know, so you have to really think about what you want um, for your the whole feel of the wedding. Okay, so now we, we went over what's personalized for you, how many people, logistics, budget. What's the next thing that somebody who is thinking about what they can do with this space for someone who doesn't even know what to do? Or like you said, it's someone who hires you, this is what you're going to do with them, but just so they understand what you're going to do. I, I think if, if it's a really empty space and you really want to transform it, don't DIY, DIY it because you don't have the time, you don't have the energy, you're there for your day, you don't want to spend the day before doing that. Hire a professional just because they take the stress off and there's a lot of professionals out there who could work with any any budgets. Yes. So, (laughs) um, yes. I I just don't even know what else to say other than yes. Like, it's your day. There is so many things that can go wrong and it's you have to set aside some type of budget for someone to execute your idea whether you are do it yourself or you're not even the do it yourself they someone else has to execute that so I, I gave you an example of a mother of a bride who in, had someone install stars for her that was a different scenario because that's what she does she's in production you know she's in theater and she does this for a living uh, but I, I would highly suggest that the mo- your mother or your best friend or a family member is not installing these items. Exactly. So we're going to take the premise that you're going to hire a professional. Yes. So you have a meeting with a professional and you, you discuss what the vision is, what you want to do. And then it's their responsibility to talk to the venue to see, come up with a design and then take that design to the venue. So I, I'm talking on a non-wedding venue. So once you talk with the bride and get a vision and get a work out a budget, you now need to go to that I don't even call it a venue because it's not a venue. It's a it's a, a space, a, a location. It's a space, a location, yes. it's a gym, it's a restaurant, it's a a rental or in anything. You your have to uncle's go to, your yeah. uncle's barn or right. machine shed or whatever. <laughs> right. Done that too. <laughs> um Midwestern boy here can do anything. Um and find out what's your restrictions. What, you know, can you come in the day before? Can you come in two days before? Can you, you know, remove things? Can I take the bingo sign down? Um, can't, you gotta cover it. Um, <laughs> um, so you, you gotta talk to the, the place, the whoever's in charge about what you can't do. Cause you gotta be respectful for the place. Cause if you're not respectful to the place, then anything you want to do, they're going to say no. And that also goes back down to hiring a professional. 
Like I, I, I agree with you. No matter where you're going to take the space, some element of installation has to ultimately you have to think about it in your budget that you have to set that aside for a professional. And if you're dealing with the right professional, they're the ones that know the right questions to ask to the location. Exactly. It's not even about the, also the setup. It's a breakdown. You know, it's, it's you know, can they can they handle it? it? You know, are they having a fish fry the night before? Or are they doing their annual Easter egg hunt on that Sunday afterwards? You, you got to ask all those right crest, correct questions so you're not stuck Sunday morning and you and you're you know you're breaking down at Saturday night because something's coming in on Sunday. Yeah, there's a lot of logistical things. You know, it's just it, yeah, it's not just the design aspect of it; it's the logistics, and that's something you don't want to have to do on your wedding day. And also, too, again, you know, I'm, I hate to keep coming back to my own personal experience, but again, it's just a good way to take the examples and use it in practical situations. For my uh, clam bake that I did, there was a lot of things that I did on my own because I'm in the industry. So I know what I can put together and what I can do. So yes, I may have done all of these different projects and created all these different things that I needed set up, but ultimately I did not set it all up. I hired an event planner who can also do the installation. And she, like you said, a lot of event planners or designers or installation, they have different packages or services. And she had a service where she handled the logistics of the day and the installation and talking and scheduling all the ven vendors that had to come in and out and dealing with the venue, which the guy was probably 90 years old and didn't understand half the stuff we were asking that he to do. And you got, you got married in a tent, correct? I got married in a tent. And she also handled that, too. But I'm talking about the clam bake day. Oh. Yeah, the fireman's hall. He was 90 years old, basically, and he didn't understand half the stuff we were asking him. And he just said, okay, okay. Um, obviously, no help. He was just very friendly, allowing us to use the space. But someone had to do the logistics. But, yes, I got married in a tent. And that was a whole other day of stuff that needed to happen. And I used exquisite events, and there was a lot, ton of installation, and you name it. That's a whole other podcast, though. <laughs> All right, exactly. So, I mean, this one, we're talking about, you know, non-venue places. Um, and we're talking New England. I mean, the other aspect of it, we're on the West Coast. They do everything al fresco, which yes. drives me neurotically crazy because, but they don't. They don't have rain. I mean, now a couple of years it's been changing, but in the past, they'd plan anything al fresco, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. You worry about lighting, and that's about it. So, speaking of lighting, where is that on the what to do with your space? Not there yet? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if you, sometimes lighting is more important than decor. Okay. Honest, honest to say. If, if, the space does not have all the proper lighting. And I'm not just talking decorative lighting. I am talking safety lighting. If, you know, if it's a, not a venue space, okay, it's a barn. Where are people parking? How dark is it from the barn to the parking field? Um, is it the gymnasium? It's fluorescent lights, I bet. It's, you know, can they be big dimmed? If they can't be dimmed, should they be shut off? Well, it's funny you say about safety because... Yes, I got married in a tent, and it was actually on uh, a farm property, but there's no lights there. 
So we, we thought about that. But again, being in the industry, we think about these things. And the event coordinator and the, and the decor staff I was working with, we came up with, it's just something I didn't want to spend the money in. Like, I mean, yes, you can get tentative lights put in, but we handed out flashlights to everybody. So that way when they were leaving to go to their car, they had some lighting to use. And then also, obviously, we created a path with lanterns and and whatnot. For, for basically, very minimal, not heavy on the budget. You know, I mean, I think these flashlights I got online, they're cute, they're pretty, but whatever. They're like a dollar each, but extremely important and something that some people would not even think of if they weren't in the industry or working with a professional. Exactly. And it, and little white lights will be your friend. Yes. And especially now that the LEDs, which take up less power, you can do lots of different type of lighting, unique lighting with your with little white lights. So for someone with a larger budget, if they walk into a space that's non-conventional, you're saying that sometimes lighting is more important than even the decor. So you would suggest... Uh, if they have a larger budget, just talking to a lighting company. A lighting yeah. company. Or have your designer talk to the lighting company because you still want the same feel. you got to find the right lighting company. Um, you know, I work with a lighting company who does rock and roll shows, but they have an understanding and they have a designer on staff who understands the social tent market. So I use them a lot because they have a lot of equipment, but they have someone on staff who understands weddings, social events. It's not a rock and roll show. But if I want that to come up at when people are dancing, they got me covered on that one aspect, too. So what are some other things, David, that people need to think about when they are walking into their space and trying to think about how to even begin to customize it? Will the space be big enough for everything? The other aspect of it is, is there space for a caterer? You know, is there a back of in the business, we call it front of house and back of house. What people see and what people don't see. Well, you need, if it's a catered affair, you have to have some place for them to park their trucks, be able to cook or warm, unless it's a cold menu, um, unless they're bringing things pre-cooked in. So you just not about the space for your guests. You need to have space for the staff, the cooking, the band stuff. And every bank has to have a green room, so that's another aspect you have to have. Um, so when you look at a space, you have to look at what you're doing in it, not just you, can it sit 150 people, can I have a dance floor? I mean, that makes a big difference. Are you big dancers? You want a big dance floor so the space has to handle your tables and chairs and a dance floor. You're just not sitting 150 people. You know, the, the, They say, oh, yeah, we do bingo every night. We have 300 people. Well, that's 300 people, long tables, and it's... And they're sitting down. And they're sitting down. There's <laughs> and they no dancing. <laughs> they're not moving. They're not having a wedding cake. And, you know, so it's... Yeah, there's lots of things to think about when you do event, something that's non-wedding-related venue or space or has never done anything like that before. I would really recommend that you have a planner or a designer or a production person if you really take that direction Unless you've been in the business and see what it is, or you want to keep it simple. There's nothing wrong having a simple wedding because it's about the ceremony, it's about the commitment, and that's sometimes people forget and they get wrapped up as why we're having this wedding. And that's one reason at one point I really slowed down because I had too many brides 
straight in a row that was all about the show and not about the cause. Well, what I'll do is before uh, we take our quick break, I'm going to leave you with one thing. It's funny that you just brought this up. I that, that same couple that I was telling you about earlier that we are looking into an Airbnb because the ceremony is the most important. And, and obviously the pictures, hence why they're bringing me into it. And they are going to do some decor. But they their email to me was – it literally I was just emailing them last night. Their email to me was, if I had to sum up our wedding, what it would be is nothing fancy, just love. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And this is something people forget about. Yeah. So what we're going to do, David, is we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll dive a little bit more into taking that space and bringing it into your vision of decor. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you like what you're hearing, I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. And don't forget, you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss an episode. And I would so appreciate if you left a fabulous review on Apple Podcast. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support. And now, let's get back to the episode. Well, welcome back, podcast friends. Right before the break, David and I were talking with you about what to do with your space and how to go about, I mean, basically design-wise, what what can you do with a space and how to think about what to do with it, right? I mean, that pretty much sums it up, right, David? <laughs> exactly. So now I really want to get in with you some examples, right? So maybe like the second part of this show, we can really divide it up with someone who might be on a tighter budget, some things or ideas or little pieces of advice that you can give our listeners about how to cut corners but still have just an absolutely beautiful space. And also, too, give our listeners who do have a nice, generous, lucky budget what you've seen that's just some really creative ways to do a wow factor. Put you on the spot there, huh? Exactly. <laughs> I, I'm, just, I'm just thinking money directions. And I'm just going to make one comment about we talked about using a space that is a non-wedding venue space. If you do that, make sure you have the right other professionals. You have an, a caterer who's an off-site caterer, not a, not a restaurant that has done a little bit of off-site. This, in the world of catering, if you don't have never done catering that's called off-site catering, which means you have nothing, that it's like working in the, a war field, um, you really need to have someone if you're in a non-venue type of space. You can't have Aunt Mary also cater your event. You no. can, but it's a really different feel that you that you will want to have. Budgeted design can be so many different things, and it, and what's a low budget? What's a high budget? I just did my nephew's wedding in the Midwest. Fabulous nineteen twenty brick building. It was used to be the poultry building at the Illinois State Field, Illinois State Fairgrounds. Um, reasonably priced. You could get in. 12 hours a day before, you had 12 hours a day of the wedding, and you had four hours to break down on Sunday. Dream job. Um, but the uncle paid the bill for decor. And and also, too, you made the uncle cut down a good portion of his income with those corn stalks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, it was a, there's lots of ways to save money. Ceremony, reception, both in the same space. 
Oh, so if you have your ceremony and your reception, you are saving money. I, I know some of the answers, but can you tell your listeners why some, you're saving some money? Churches, other buildings charge a fee. Transportation. Transportation to and for to the church, to the to the flow. Also, if you're a Catholic, time frames, they don't just let you pick a time. And sometimes the time is two o'clock in the afternoon. So you now have married at two, two to three, and your venue doesn't wedding doesn't start at six. Then what did you do with your guests? You know, when you also plan a wedding, yes, it's your day. It's supposed to be fabulous, and it's all about you and the groom, but you also have to be a gracious host and be considerate about your guest. And that's that's a whole nother pod talk talk about how to be a proper guest at a wedding. Oh, <laughs> but that's a whole nother day. <laughs> so funny you say that because Dan has been telling me. I don't know if you must have talked to him yeah. or you're just ESP on that. No. He has been telling me. It's a great idea. He has been telling me we need to talk about this. He, I mean, every time we shoot a wedding or sometimes after he shoots a wedding, I'll get a text from him. I'll be like, can we just please talk about on a podcast about how to be a good guest? <laughs> so we will deliver, David. We will. <laughs> Maybe I'll make you come back in for that one. Um, so, no, you're, you're spot on with there. It's It's, yeah. So going back to the couple I keep bringing up in this episode, and it's only because they're fresh in my mind because I've just been emailing them. They are same-sex couple. That's why they want, for them, the reason is why they want a smaller wedding is they have hid their relationship for eight years, and they have finally had the guts to come out and just do this. And the reason why they have 20 people is they are deciding to only invite really the people who are supporting them. Right. And for them, it's really, really, really important to just it's the ceremony that's important for them. That's what's really important, because that's what that is the day for them is the fact that, yes, they love each other. They've been together for eight years, but they are choosing this day for their ceremony. And remember, I was telling you that, that they're looking for a place out of the box that will have a proper ceremony location, rain or shine. And they are going to decorate it, and they want to make sure that installation can go either indoors and outdoors. So it's just about figuring out what's important to you, but also too, they do not have a tight. Sorry, they do not have um, an extravagant budget. It's very tight. Well, with that couple, my suge- my suggestion would be to them is that you find a florist designer who can go on the fly, as in not do anything until the day before till you know that you're going to be inside or outside because you can completely use the same flowers but use different vessels do different style do much more mass outside and do more delicate inside whoever they pick as a florist should be willing to say all right we're going to order these flowers and then on wednesday we're going to decide if it's inside or outside and then can come up with a what's best for either direction See, this is why I have you on this show. That is like a, a great little piece of nugget that you just gave somebody. And there's a lot of little florists. You don't have to be a huge company. There's a lot of that will be able to do that. Even some of the big companies would do that too because you also give them freedom to be expressive and to design. Well, what else do you have for us? You have a wealth of knowledge <laughs> over here, David. <laughs> What about somebody that has a higher budget? What What are some things that you that you have done over your many years 
that just really just still to this day give you this wow factor. I mean, I know you were on another episode and we talked about linens. Linens in itself are very I, I, I think wow factor for me is linens, consistency, that the cocktail hour has the same type of I, – I take that back. Cocktail hour can be a completely different feel than the, the wedding reception if it's different areas. Or, you know, if you're doing garden around the pool, that could be a whole different concept. Then you walk into the tent, that could be a, something completely different. But my, is linens, flowers, of course, and food is the my three high priorities. Um, unique linens, I'm a pattern person. Um, flowers, you know, we see those huge installations that are you know, in the ceiling of the tent, at the entrance. I think sometimes they do too many. Um, over the head table, I think, is is great. Or the entrance. I rather have better food, better service, than spend the money on the florals. And I've been in the flower business since I've been 16 years old. I first did plastic flowers. That's how old I am. Um, for fun- for funerals and cemeteries, um, but I think using the right, I think the wow factor in a, in a really fabulous wedding is control. You do the right linens, you do the right amount of flowers, you don't become over the t- over the top. Once again, I go back to it's about the wedding, it's about the ceremony, it's about the commitment to each other. Um, so I think it's a fabulous over-the-top wedding does not have to be large. It could be the right linen napkin, monogrammed. It could be the perfect flowers. It could be your favorite dessert brought in from New York City. It's, it's all that personalized stuff that makes it really wonderful. And I think, you know, going back, Flowers, unique flowers. Now you can do any type of flowers you want. You know, peonies are really springtime. But if you have, you're getting married in November and you really have to have peonies, you can get them. Yeah, because there's so many flower farms now. But they're going to be out. They're going to be pricey, but you can get them. Right. You know, if you really want a big show and lots of flowers, work with the florist and use things that are in season. That's okay. So going back down now to people on a tighter budget, you talked about having everything in one space. That's another thing is think about your florals being in season. It's always going to lower the cost. So you talk to your florist and say, what is in season? And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, a lot of florists, if you bring them a picture of a flower and you say, I love this, and that's not in season, they can tell you a flower that is, that looks or just gives you the same feeling. Exactly. Or maybe it's the color aspect. Maybe you don't care about the flowers, but you love this blushy pink. Don't do blushy pink because it's done out too much. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Every, now I'm seeing lots of color, which makes me so excited. Yes, with everything in decor, we've talked about this before, too. It's a pendulum. It goes one way and it swings the other. And, yes, color is definitely dynamic. Color is coming back. Same thing with photography. You know, um, we were, were coming out of the COVID years, right, which was very muted tones in the editing style. Now photographers are editing back to those vibrant colors, which talking about photography and design, 
focus. I bet you have some opinions about that, too. I do. I mean, the, there's lots of great photography photographers out there. Um, but they're, most of them are hired to take pictures of you. But if you're very focused in the design, you want pictures of what your tent looks like, maybe you didn't get to see the tent before people started sitting down, make sure that you have your photographer do design shots, what the bar is, what the specialty drink looks like. And maybe it's not the photographer, maybe it's the second shooter. But just so you, someone, captures the aspect of the, the feel of the wedding, um, of the receptions, of the flowers, all that little detail work that you want to see and keep a remembrance of. Um, I hire a separate photographer because I want certain detail shots, and I didn't pay for the photographer, and I don't want to take that away for the bride. So if it's a special wedding, I will hire someone just to come in and do the shots that I want, get them in, get them out, and gone. Then I'm not bothering the photographer saying, did you take this shot? Do you have this picture? Because some brides could, don't care that don't want detail shots. But if you want detail shots of your reception, of your hopa, of your ceremony, make sure you state that to the photographer because sometimes they just take pictures of you, which is what they're there for. And you know what? I'm going to chime in. Uh, you know. I know you have an opinion. I have an opinion. I have an opinion. I am so happy you said that. So, again, I'm only speaking on my personal experience, but for the listeners – just, just take this with a grain of salt, but it's very important. And every photographer is different, so how you work with them is different. But I can tell you, as a photographer, please do not assume that your photographer knows what you want. There is nothing wrong with, like David, you said, communicating with your photographer and telling them, this place is really special to me, you know, or the decor is very special to me. And I, you know, I want to make sure we capture all the details, uh, you know, or like, for example, I keep bringing Dan up, but for Dan, where he's getting married in the gymnasium, that actual gymnasium is special to him. So as a photographer, we want to make sure we photograph the outside, too. I mean, yes, for some people, it's a building, but for him, it's not. It's there's something else very special. For, so my point is, as a photographer, there's nothing wrong with letting your photographer know and don't assume that they know that certain things are important throughout the day. You don't need to give them a list of, you know, photograph the napkins, photograph this. If you're working with a true professional, then they know what needs to be photographed. But again, you got to make sure you're working with a true professional. So you might want to start by giving them the list. I know for me, lists make me cringe. You know, not lists of family members and people that I need to know. But, like, I don't need to be told I need to photograph the napkins or the straws. But I've been doing this for 20-something years. However... Starting with a list is very important to me. And then and then I can reassure them, I understand all this, but we're on the same page. So giving your photographer a list or letting them understand what is important to you, you need to start with. And like I just said, I said, if lists make me cringe. I mean it in the most in the, in the most loving way because what that allows me to do is I they give me a list and I look at that list and I say, there's some things on there that are, I'm like, okay, this is important to me. And then I educate my clients and there's some things where like, don't worry, I'll get the memorial table. I'll get all of these things. But the point is it starts the communication. So yes, it's very important. If you're listening to this episode, most likely they're designed, uh, you know, uh, it's very important to them. And just tell your photographer because that's who's going to capture. I can tell you to um, going back again. Here we go back to my wedding. But, you know, it's my experience. I did a lot with my decor. I, my, my wedding was very detail oriented. A lot of decor. 
even the professionals I worked with still to this day say there was just a lot, lot of details, um, which <laughs> it's funny when you were talking about keep it simple. I was like, I didn't keep it simple. Uh, it doesn't mean I went all out on, on, on you know these big installations. It's just there was a lot of moving parts, a lot of things I wanted there. I mean, everything from I had a table set up of my favorite candy and my husband's favorite candy. And we had it there just for the guests to enjoy, you know, just a little little table of candy. Um, but my point is there was a lot of moving parts. And I hired a, a very well-known, world-renowned photographer. And, and they I got some solid photos from that day. But there is one thing that I thank God I brought Dan in. Because I did have Dan also there photographing my wedding. Because I knew the photographer I hired concentrates more on the pictures of us. And, and like, it, he's just more of, um, what's the word I'm looking for, David? He's just more, he just. In tune to the moments. The moments, the moments. So I brought Dan in to get the candids. And, and he captured my event space and all the details like even from the cake like I had on the back side of the cake my husband's a Florida State fan right so I had a little Florida State guy sticking out at the back of the cake that was just you know my token to my husband isn't that terrible I was like here you go I'll put a Florida State because it was up to him everything would have been Florida State right so I was like oh just stick a guy but I want to remember that I want to remember that I had that little guy there and so Dan Dan came in to make sure that was all captured yeah and you're talking about, but do you, if you bribe with a good budget. And what I'm seeing that's trending right now is a lot of interior design aspect Ooh, of do it. Tell. As in your cocktail hours, just not stand-up cocktails and cocktail tables. You have lounges and those carpets and the those, those, you know, cheese. You don't have a cheese table, but every little coffee table has a little mini cheese board on it so it's more like you're entertaining in your living room aspect of it um and then you know and you're moving into the dining into the dining area and there's dining tables but there's also banquettes and it's it's a much more restaurant hotel lobby feel right now nice hotels four season hotel type feel to it that it's just not a sea of round tables it's round tables and banquet tables and maybe some upholstered dining chairs instead of just shivari chairs so really coming into a home interior design aspect is where i'm seeing some of the really high-end weddings going that way exactly and you talked about having the crudite boards on different tables i have been seeing that a lot happening at more of my higher end weddings which which what that does too yes on a design standpoint it looks beautiful because food is just lovely when it's displayed beautifully but it's also a flow. You don't have a ton of people all around one station. So you're, you're able to allow people to spread out and enjoy the space. You talk about uh, furniture and lounge furniture. For our listeners, do not underestimate that. I, I, we, even, at a, even at a traditional venue, right? You can go in and you can rent uh, chairs and couches and pillows and carpets. Uh, we've been down... You know, there's a very popular hotel on Go Island that we photograph a lot at. And just our couples who bring in the lounge chair in that cocktail hour space, which is just a hotel lobby, it just makes it like a more com comfy feeling. Exactly. Yeah. Since you've been sharing your wedding. Yes, please. I'll, I'll share mine because your couple sounds like a lot like um, me and my husband, Brian. We've been together 36 years, 
been married five um, Midwestern families. We got married five years ago, Fort Lauderdale, friend's house, six of us, but we live streamed the ceremony. Oh. To We did a whole, I think there was 150 people were invited to live stream. We live streamed the ceremony. Didn't have to pay air flare. Didn't have to pay, <laughs> didn't have to buy them food. Fair. Didn't have to do anything, get to enjoy the, the ceremony aspect of it. And then after that, we said goodbye, shut them down, and then we had a 12-course dinner for six people. I love that. That, that's, that sounds perfect like you because you talked about how the food's all important. So, so you know, <laughs> even I understand how that couple, the ceremony is so important. We wanted to share it to all our friends and family, but we didn't want – now it wasn't about the cost. We just no. didn't want to impose because our families are from Indiana, Illinois. We have friends in Florida. We have – you know, it's – a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a lot to ask. For me, I think it's a lot to ask people yes. to 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 come for that 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 the ceremony was the only thing that was important to us. Um, so we did it. We live streamed it, and then said goodbye and shut them off and had dinner. I love that. <laughs> you do sound like my couple because the other thing they're doing is they're doing the ceremony. They're gonna have some drinks and then they're gonna shut them off. And then th- what they're gonna do is they're going to do. They're not having. The traditional dancing, but they are going to have their dance by themselves. I will be there to capture it. And just outside, al fresco, hopefully. You know, just them. Yeah, so, I mean, you can include a lot of people without including a lot of people, if that makes sense. Like yes. We invited 150 to watch, and I think we had almost everyone did. And it was a, sun, it was a Sunday morning. I love it. Oh, speaking of Sunday morning, so you had a three-course brunch meal? Is that what no, you did? we had we started dinner at one. Yeah, but you know, it wasn't brunch. There was nothing really brunchy about it. It was just lots of food. Private chef out of Miami. Yeah. It was just you know top notch, top notch and lovely. <laughs> I love and it. And our, our friend's house is an interior um, designer is impeccable. So it was like, oh, know, that's just perfect for it, you, it, David. It, perfect, you know. <laughs> so it was it was great. I love it. It's funny. The only reason why I asked you if it was brunch is Dan's going to do a brunch at his wedding. And so that's another way to save some money, too. I love brunches. Yes. I, I love brunches after the fact. I just love brunch food. But wedding on a Sunday and a brunch, it's lovely. You do you do the ceremony. You do the brunch. You do a little day drinking. Yep. And, you know, they all go home. If you have, you know, college friends in, then you could go bar hopping or or you know, you, did you read Dan's mind? That's what he's doing. He's doing a beautiful brunch and, you know, having all his friends and family there. And then they're all going. And then at night, he's going to a local bar that's very important to them. Once again, you've, you notice a theme for him. It's where it's the location is very important where his friend band's going to play. And he's going to have all his friends come and party. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it won't be that busy. It's Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> or hopefully there's a private, you know, a little corner that you can set yourself up in. And so before we do the wrap-up question, right, I want, to, I, I want to get as much knowledge from you as I can for, for all our listeners. You talked a little bit about your nephew's wedding. I will, for the listeners, have some pictures, if it's okay with you, yep. on our show notes to show some visuals of what you're talking about. Can you just give us some quick, you know, um, things that you did there to keep – because they had a tighter budget. To, and, and then if you could also then, on the other side of the coin – 
and maybe you can share with me some pictures that you've had your photographer because you talked about having a photographer go out to your events of another couple who had a m larger budget and what you've done to really elevate their level, their their wedding too. Um, my nephew had food stations. We did disposables, but we did all bamboo, so every it all looked alike. It all had a brown tone. The building was very rustic, so it all fit in. Even the silverware was disposable, but I preset it on the table like it was re real silverware. Um, it was a barbecue theme, um, so I did real napkins, real cotton napkins, because you can't use thousands of paper napkins over any poly or ester. It just doesn't work with barbecue aspect of it. Um, Stop right there. See, you take your knowledge for granted. You, a true designer thinks about the logistics and the execution. So that you just said, you can't, it's a barbecue. You can't have paper napkins at a barbecue. No, you, you can, but you, you have tons of them. <laughs> tons of them. That would be your centerpiece is a pile of napkins <laughs> of just people's barbecue all over it, crumpled in piles. <laughs> and, and, and it was stations and it was barbecue because their guests are not fancy people. They're down home, good family friends. They didn't want to make a big, they went, the bride wanted it pretty, wanted it to look like a wedding, but really wanted to have fun. Mm -hmm. Right. So she, she wanted that, the look of a wedding, but a really down home party. And she got both of those. Yes. And, you know, we did inexpensive linens that were rented. Um, the, the venue has really ugly chairs. I'm not a big fan proponent of chair covers but it fit the budget and I color blocked it and you could never know that they were spandex chair covers what do you mean by color blocked it I know what you mean but I because we're gonna share those pictures and he it's spot-on what you did so what do you mean by that so I had three colors of linens I had ivory sage a terracotta and a pumpkin let's say and I matched the chair co covers with the linens so there wasn't more it was not busy so a green table had green chair covers a terracotta had terracotta um, the napkins were all the same on all the tables so that was a through line of terracotta on all the tables um, if and that's it, why if you go for the listeners go look at these pictures when you look at the pictures those chair covers do not stand out because you quote unquote color blocked it and if you're in the midwest the all available in my sister's garage I took nothing <laughs> home fair I don't really, hey, your your um your nephew's father will be really happy to get some of his money back. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the higher end, a lot of customization. Mm -hmm. It really personalize it. Um, once again, I go back to the napkins, the monogram napkins, but really personalize meanings of things. You know, florals that have remembrance to you. Um, and, and also I had candles. So candles, in general, for centerpieces, can keep the cost down a little bit lower. It, it can. Um, if they're LED, they can keep the cost down lower. Um, real candles um, at a wedding, they can be cheaper. But there's a great video online right now on Instagram from a couple of florists about why are candles so expensive. And it's because you got to put you the labor, the labor, <laughs> the labor, labor. It's the cleaning of the chimneys. It's cleaning the candlesticks. It's picking them up, bringing them down, break breakage. So you that know. that 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 trumps my my myth. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they are, you know, but there's a lot of labor to real candles, 
and there's a lot of places you can't use real candles. Um, so if you use like real tapers, they become very expensive because of the process, not because of the candles, because of the delivery setup, breakdown, and all of that. It's a re- if you haven't seen it, it's a really funny um, Instagram moment of. Uh, why are candles so expensive? I'm, I'm going to have to find that video on TikTok, but I'm also laughing to myself because I, uh, <laughs> I'm i having this visual right now. There's a florist that I had on the show. I'm not going to mention her name. Um, you can do process of elimination. But anyway, I'll never forget. We showed up to a venue at Glen Manor. You brought up the Glen Manor. And she's running around, and she's huffing and puffing underneath her breath, right? And she's just, I don't know, you know she's all upset. And I'm like, what is wrong? I'm like, like, it's only one (laughs) o'clock. Like, your day hasn't even begun. And she's like, these candles. And there was boxes and boxes and boxes of candles. And she was just putting them out. And she's sitting there. And she's just, and she had to put them, you know, obviously, because there have to be in the, uh, the vases and, and she's like, this is why people don't understand how expensive they are. It's the candles itself were, were inexpensive. It's her running around for the last hour. <laughs> and then ta- tapers, you look at them in one way, they're straight. You go around to the other table, and they the lean to the different direction. Um, I was lucky enough with my nephew's wedding is they had used LEDs. Oh, okay. That's, that's why you have them. Okay. Um, and also, too, just on a side note, totally random note, do not put candles down your aisle of where you're getting married inside the aisle like don't and you're probably wondering why don't we literally like your guests have to walk in and out of the aisle so yes maybe like on the side where the chair is but not all down the aisle might look really pretty in design and photos but practicability it's not i will never forget i did a wedding and the candles were all down the aisle it's beautiful for the photos in came the guests. They're all sitting down. You hear crash, crash, crash. Their feet, because they're sitting down, are hitting the candles. And then what do you think happened when the bride came down with her dress? Crash, crash. I've seen a veil set, set on fire. From the candles? From the candles. <laughs> so if you do them, you do LED, other than breakage, you can do LED or just put them in the right places. But I've seen a veil catch on fire because it candles down the aisle. <laughs> down the aisle. That's okay. So perfect. All right. So now going back a track, we can sit here all day long. That's another podcast show. <laughs> Talk about nightmares. We, nightmares. Um, so now we talked about your, your nephew's wedding, which I will share those pictures on our show notes, which you can find on my website at sarahzorla.com backslash podcast and look for David's episode. But now somebody with a more extravagant budget, what are some tips or tricks that you can just start making, implanting in their brain to talk with you, hopefully, or another professional to do? Use your budget wisely. Sometimes um, you get caught up in the very too much detail and you don't need to get into so much detail and because do you remember what the four, what wedding last last wedding you went to and what the flatware looked like? You know, if it's between a dollar and a quarter a knife or three dollars a knife, really think about what what's it worth. I mean, you do crazy things on your head table. I'm I'm all for that. You know, you can go out and buy china and crystal for your head table. But when it comes down to, no one remembers what knife they they used or what fork they used. Yes, you want it to work, you want it to match, but if it's between $3 a fork and dollar and a quarter a fork, 
I mean, you sometimes you just got to be reasonable about your thought process, unless your budget's unreasonable, like bar glassware. You know, for the cocktail hour, I would do a nicer bar glass. But if you move into the tent and there's another bar, and you, I would do a more basic bar glass because by that time they get into dinner, you have lovely wine stems on your table. No one's going to care what that vodka soda is going to be in. You want a nice glass, but it doesn't have to be maybe a cut crystal that you used out in the cocktail hour when they first arrived. You know, the first drink should be in a really lovely glass, special yeah. cut glass. End of the night. It's it's just one of many drinks. It's that a one of many <laughs> drinks that you've had. But you're right that wow effect if you it has already been seated in, and then now we're moving on. To yeah, many I drinks. mean, some people want to do that wow effect throughout the evening, and you can, but do it at the point that you remember that people remember, the first course, um, you know, the first drink, the first visuals. That's the reason I like to if I do big floral installations, it's at the beginning. Or it's up over the dance floor where you see it all the time. You know, it's not at the mailbox as you drive in. Because you wanted a marker where the house was. You know, because they drive through and that's done. It's done. All right, David. So it's time for a wrap-up question. I could literally sit here and talk to you all day. For our listeners, what are some key points that couples should be considering when they're transforming their space for decor? I think first, if you're doing a non-traditional space or a non-traditional idea or design, you have to bring in some professionals to help you execute it. You just can't count on, you know, the retirement retired man who's running the, you know, the VFW or the fire wherever fireman's hall fireman's <laughs> hall to <laughs> ninety year old buddy over there. <laughs> so, so at some point, you you can't just you got to bring in a professional, right? And then I think the second one is there's so many great designers out there. What makes the, a designer better than another designer is logistics. A lot of people can make things pretty, but pretty doesn't mean that the, there's a right, correct flow in the, in the tent or in the building or in your flow. Practical, the, too. Practical, as in when can you come in, when can you break down, what can can we hang things or there's there hanging points and are the hanging points more money you know those so you know those great florists out there great designers but you want to find someone else that will also take care of all that logistics especially if you don't have a wedding planner and this is just talking as a, a design florist or designer not a wedding planner who designs also right. say she should as a wedding planner she should be able to do all that aspect of it also and the third one boils down to what's important to you and what's and how to divide your budget and to get the most important thing, like your couple who's important is, is ceremony. Other people, the band could be important. Um, you know, as in Dan, he just wants to have from morning, noon, and night to be a fun, important time to include all his right guests in the right locations. You know, I don't, I don't know if Dan's inviting everybody to everything or is he subdividing people, but I would might even do that. You know, it, you know, ceremonies are close friends, brunches, family and fringe. You know, buddies, I, I, could, buddies could show up, but I really would like you at the bar. Right. I, I mean, I, I can't speak for him, but from what we've discussed, I'm acting like he's not right over there producing the show, <laughs> but he's not mic'd but up. we're talking about. Yeah, right. But I, I, he, he is actually inviting different people at different locations because the, because the locations are catered to 
those 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 guests. Like exactly. at night is for his buddies. You know, I mean, his you know aunt and uncle probably doesn't want to sit in a bar and listen to his buddies play. But you know, the morning is for his close family and friends and kid friendly. That's another thing that's been very important for Dan. And kind of going back to your third point is what's important to you. He really wants to make sure that his morning affair is very kid friendly. Yeah, so with that said, David, thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Wedding Secrets Unveiled. You helped our listeners become one step closer to their stress-free wedding planning. Can you tell everyone where they could find you? You can find me at um, D, uh, D Price at depcreative.net. And I have a new little gig, and you can find me at david at eedecor.com. And for our listeners, we will have David's information on our episode show notes, which you can find on our blog and our website at sarazarella.com backslash podcast. And I will also have some visuals that you can help understand a little bit about what David and I talked about today. Sounds good. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening to Wedding Secrets Unveiled. I appreciate you being here. And hey, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to tell you something. I encourage you to check out our website at sarahzarella.com. We love photographing while having fun, of course. Check out our podcast page on our website for our show notes along with upcoming episodes with your local wedding experts. Listen in as we help you plan your epic event. And don't forget that you can actually subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening so you never miss an episode. I would so appreciate if you left a review for us on Apple Podcasts. Even better, share it with a friend. It's a great way to show your support and let us know what you think. If you know any wedding experts that would like to be a guest, we have a link directly on our website where they can let us know. Thank you for listening.